You're listening to Proropod. Welcome as we, Portia the lifelong fan and Amanda the first time reader, discover the books of Agatha Christie. We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S. doing a quarantine project and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries. In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all. Hey everybody, at the end of the episode, we introduce the Perker Pine Fan Fiction Contest. If you'd like to submit a story, send it to proropodcast at gmail.com. That's proropodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Proropod! Part two of Parker Pine Investigates. And um, this time, Parker's on the road. And he actually investigates. So that's right so while you said last time it was a bad name because he he doesn't investigate like he actually spends this whole time investigating right right so he didn't mean to right reluctant investigator um right he's like i'm not a detective i just know people and then it turns out since his advertisement is are you happy if not consult mr parker pine um that the uh people who are um going through crime are unhappy yeah so it's one way to be unhappy is to have crime yeah yeah so um the very first one is called have you got everything you want and he meets uh, a young lady who figures out who he is and so she's like well i mean basically you know gets to the point of talking to him and saying well i'm not happy because i you know on my whatever technology it was it was it was it the ink blotter right right Uh, my husband's ink blotter okay you go ahead well i was just gonna set up the scene that she was a young beautiful american that everybody was looking at they always they kept talking about how she had gorgeous curls or something Oh, okay Uh uh-huh and then um they ate dinner together and he didn't say his name or something and then later she figures out who he is or something and is this the one i can't remember where he was like what's annoying is that people on their vacations read the paper even more closely than they do yes when they're <laughs> and so they're even more likely to see his ad right even though he yeah actually... i think she saw his name on his luggage or something that's right yeah and then um but the thing is she uh he had actually taken the ad out of the times because he was on vacation but you know yeah so when and so when she figures out who she is she goes and and she talks to him because basically she had been reading spy novels or whatever and seen how if you you know go after and you know do like a pencil tracing on someone's blotting paper you can see what what they wrote before and she saw something that her and this was her husband's blotting paper and it was something about just before Paris or just before was it before Paris? No, it was just before Venice. Oh, just before Venice is the best time to do it. Oh, right. That would make sense with water. And, and so and they were on the Orient Express. Um, I guess he was heading east because this whole story, he keeps getting more and more east. Um, right. That would make each, sense. Each each of the each of the stories. So I think he was going from 
Paris to Venice heading east or something like that. But yeah. Like and so before... he's like, okay, well, I'll be with you. So, you know, whatever happens just before Venice, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm not going to leave you alone. And the, the interesting, because this is about, you know, this whole um, book has all this, like, let me tell you how to fix your relationships. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh, he's set. My husband is lovely, a little bit straight laced, a little bit like puritanical, but he's just lovely. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I guess, or boring. I got the sense that she was like, oh, he's lovely. I mean, he's a little like boring, but he's lovely. That's funny. I didn't, I didn't catch that, especially on the first reading, but yeah. So, so then they're in the, in the, you know, the train car together. And just before Venice, a smoke bomb goes off or something. There's smoke in the train and they have to evacuate the car. And then when they come back into the car, this woman is in there. And she's by the window taking deep breaths like, oh, it was so smoky. I was just wanting deep breaths. And then he's like, oh, that's weird. Why'd you come in this car? And she's like, oh, it was the closest one or whatever. And he's like, I'm suspicious. Hey, Mrs. Whatever her name was, Jeffries, I think. Um, uh, Where's your jewel case? Because earlier they had determined that she was super rich and she had all these jewels and a jewel case. And she took it with her everywhere, including like when she went to dinner. She didn't leave it in the train car. Right. But with the smoke and everything, she evacuated and didn't take it with her. Right. And so they searched the lady who the woman was like, how dare you? I haven't stolen anything. And then they search her and she doesn't have anything. And so. But the jewels are gone. Yeah, the jewels are gone. They're, they're totally gone. And so the rich woman who had gone to Parker Pine is kind of like disappointed with him. And it's like, well, I went to you about my problem and my thing still got stolen. And so she kind of is pissy with right. him. Right. Like, yeah, how, I'm unhappy now. Um. But then he meets up with her in Venice and right. is like... And he said, oh, I have to send a telegram or something. Right, yeah, he kind of just dropped her, like, I have to send a telegram. And she's like, you didn't even solve my problem. (laughs) And he realized at that point that he's sending a telegram about her problem. But he, so he meets up with her in Venice, and he's like, your your jewels are about to be returned. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Did he? And then, or he, or he, or he, he returns them. He's like, he, he hands her a cardboard box, and like, her jewels are in them. Right, and then at this point, she's with her husband. Right, and and then she, uh, but she hasn't figured out. She hasn't like confronted her husband. Like, what the hell was that about on your blotting pad? Right, right. So she's just like confused, and she's like, "Um, "Great, Um, thank you. What? Where did they come from?" And he said, "I can't tell you. Maybe you'll find out later." Yeah, you might. And he's like, "You might find out very soon." And then he like pulls the husband aside. Right. Or they meet at a coffee shop later. Like, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the husband is like, how did you know? Um, and he's like, because statistics. Because he's like Parker <laughs> Pines. <always> statistics. <laughs> but, um, you know, the fact that what is right before Venice, the train goes over water. Right. And, and so, so he had... The, the husband had stolen the jewels before she left. Right, and replaced them with paste replicas, which apparently... Portia, are you playing with the um, 
I touched it for one second. Did you hear a shushing? No, I'm hearing a lot. It's interesting. I'm hearing a lot of. I moved it once. That was it. It's weird. Like I hear it a lot. I'm not doing anything. I know you're not, but it's weird to hear it. it like and it sounds like someone moving. I don't know. Yeah. This will be fun for us to to, to edit out <laughs> the mystery of the of the background right. noise. Right. The background noise. Um. So. That yeah, he replaced the jewels with paste replicas, which apparently um, all of Europe is just full of paste replicas for jewels all over the place because this right. is not the first time, and um, we've heard about it. And then he got this woman to take the paste replicas and throw them into the so water. So basically, the husband stole the jewels, gave the wife paste replicas. So if she's been carrying around paste replicas since she left home. And then the woman ran into the train car after setting off the smoke bomb and just threw him out the window. And they had done that. And that's why his thing said before Venice was the best point, because they could be thrown into the water because he was right. so conscientious. He didn't want someone to be um, uh, a- achieved. Accused. Be, uh, accused. Thank you. That's the A word. <laughs> Not achieved. <laughs> <laughs> accused of... Um, of stealing them like a servant or something. So he wanted it to be like that they couldn't find the fact that they were paste ones, but they were missing somehow. Right, right. So, and this whole uh, thing was because he was being blackmailed. Right. So that's for, why he stole his wife's jewels. And, and he was being blackmailed because before he got married, he was protecting a woman who said that her violent husband was going to come get her. And he ended up spending all night in the room with her to protect her nothing happened but then they started sending letters to him saying you spent all night in a room with this married woman so therefore you have to pay all this money right and, and like as as the wife had said he's kind of a you know straightforward guy so he you know was just that would work for for blackmailing him right and and then parker pine was like go and confess everything to your wife with one addition, don't say nothing happened with the lady. Yeah, that you were tricked into being blackmailed. Say Make her that, think that you were sleeping with this lady, basically. Because it was before you met your wife. Right. So you weren't cheating on her. And and she and he basically you- says, like, your wife loves you, but she's gonna get bored. And if she thinks that she's reformed a rake, then she will stay interested in you. But if she just thinks you're a dope who got tricked and has been blackmailed. And is kind of boring and uptight. Right. Because I think Parker Pine says something like so uptight to be boring or something like that. Um, so he was like, yeah, go and confess your sins. And he's like, I don't have any sins. And he was like, go and confess your sins. He's like, go make some up. <laughs> so that's where his same energy from the first half of the book kind of comes through where he's like, what women need is, you know, a, a man they think they can't trust. <laughs> yeah it's not like they fixed they've fixed him yeah Yeah. so it's an interesting thing because they were a young couple and um yeah young beautiful couple that it's so funny to me because when i read this even you know 30 years ago uh the um Mores had changed so much that I was like, why the hell would you be blackmailed? Because 
before you met some married someone you spent all night in the room with someone you know like right i'm so i was like why is that possibly blackmailable right you know and so it's so weird to think about because that was even 30 years ago it's like okay what it had to do with her dad they kept threatening to go to her dad but now they're already married like it might have worked like the dad might not have let them have gotten married but now they're married right and so now he's just yeah feeling like oh god she'll leave me and that's where porcupine is like if you tell her a she they can't black you anymore because she already knows and b you might seem more interesting right right exactly so yeah but um i was a i had a little bit of trouble having sympathy for the couple um mostly because they kept talking about how beautiful she was and how beautiful he was and how they were well off. And I, and they're I just like, don't care about these beautiful rich people. And, and <laughs> they, they weren't that well off anymore. Cause he, he had to steal her jewels to pay the ransoms. Yeah. He, I had, guess he it, had, he had had several times that he'd paid them. Yeah. So I guess I was a little bit like, these are artificial problems for people who are beautiful and young, so shut up. You know? Like, <laughs> these are, none of these are problems. Well, it was also like she forgot, like when she saw her husband, she forgot to be like, I guess because he's a very trustworthy person, she wasn't like, so what was up with that ink butter dude? You know what I mean? Like, what was that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she didn't go to him and be like, so some weird shit happened right before Venice and it was clearly your fault. Like, she... But... Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so then Parker continues along his trip, and now he's in Baghdad. Right, and they're traveling across the desert. In, like, a land buggy or something. Right, because, and they talk about how people used to walk across the desert and die a lot. There was a lot of symbolism about how the desert is death. And how, like, <laughs> even in the smaller buggies, you might go across, like, a lump or, you know, a bump in the road, and then, like, your head hits the ceiling, I guess, pre-seatbelts, and then you die that way. Right. Somebody talked about that. There was a lot of, like, foreshadowing of death. Right. Um, and it's and kind then... of a random trip. I mean, it's everyone's tourist, but there's a lot of, like, soldiers on leave or former soldiers and um you know some some just a bunch of random people right because there was a young woman and her aunt or something Mm -hmm. and then a couple of soldiers um a couple of guys who were on vacation yeah so it was like yeah and um, then like this there was an old military doctor right and there was another older woman who's like armenian or something Mm -hmm. anyway but they were all on this june buggy and they had to stop every once in a while to take, um, I don't know how they all met because they were going from, I, I'm a little bit confused about why they met each other and then went on part of the trip and then got out and then went on another part of the trip. You yeah, know, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't care enough. <laughs> but the geography of it yes. was weird. Yeah. Um, and, th- and then meanwhile in the news, was um, that this guy who was like a pyramid scheme financier who tricked a whole bunch of people and stole all their money. Yeah, it was very, uh, as you said, uh, early Bernie Madoff. Right. But his right. character's name was Long. Yeah, and he had disappeared and everyone was looking for him all across 
the world. And Parker Pine had even been like joking, like, well, maybe it's me, but he was supposed to be like young and handsome. And so people were like, uh, (laughs) looking at Parker Pine, he's like, Hey, you could add, you know, some extra tissue, you know, some extra weight with, with padding and stuff. And right. Yeah. Cause he was talking to an Italian dude about that and he was talking about makeup and extra weight and the Italian dude's like, I can't tell if you're joking. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. And then, uh, so the last part of the trip, they get back in the buggy and it's overnight and they fall asleep in the buggy. I guess it's a buggy. And then um, they're kind of being jerked away a, a couple of times by the going over the bumps. And then they get, they stop to get out. They got, they got stuck in the mud. They stopped oh, because they the, 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 the bus or whatever literally got stuck in the mud. So the men are out there all trying to heave ho and unstuck the bus. They, they get everybody out so that they can unstick the bus. And there's one guy who doesn't get up to help. And they're like, and then, well, what's wrong with him? And then it's because he's dead. Right. And at first they're like, oh, he must have bumped his head on the ceiling and died like we talked about. And then they were like, oh, no. Uh, maybe he was hit in the back of the head with a the, sock. Yeah, the, the the doctor who looks at him said, well, if he didn't hit his head on the roof, because people were like, well, that's not really realistic. The rooms weren't that big. And then the doctor who said, well, then maybe somebody hit him with something on the head, like a extra pair of socks or something. Filled with sand. Filled with sand. Like a, like a sandbag. And then um, they go and they're trying to, because the guy who died had been talking about how he was gonna somebody they were talking about all these clues that people had said that he was gonna hold his tongue until they got to the city right so people had overheard clips of conversation and this guy that died was overheard talking to someone saying um i'll hold my tongue until baghdad i guess yeah and then And, and then he also had a weird drunk conversation with parker pine where he was like Ah, like he was super drunk, but he he basically said so doesn't want to let down a pal. Yeah, didn't want to let down a pal. And so then people are like, okay, and then so they're trying to figure out, and then Parker Pine figures out that it was the doctor. Well, then so he's like, and... let's examine the body a little closer, and Parker Pine looks, and he's like, he wasn't hit in the head; he was stabbed. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did, so yeah. he then... had sent the, the doctor at some point to be like, oh, well, we think this one guy did it because he was the guy who died's friend. And he said, I didn't want to let down a pal. He must be the killer. Right. So he sent the doctor to say, go look at his socks and see if, you know, go get his socks. Because if it was if the murder weapon was socks filled with sand, then go get the guy's extra socks. So he comes right. back and there's like residue of like wet sand inside the guy's socks. So they're all thinking it's this mm-hmm. guy. But then Parker Pine looks closer and he's like, he wasn't hit in the head. He was stabbed in the base of the skull. Flashback to that other story we read where that was the right the, um, Vulcan brain stab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. But, um, and then he's like, so basically, yeah. So basically the doctor was this absconding, uh, Financier. Uh, yeah, financier um, Samuel Long. And the guy who he killed was a friend from college or a guy he knew from college. Right. And so the the um the Samuel Long guy has pretending to be this 
uh, doctor who's in the army because he's got a uniform. It's useful disguise. But then he runs into somebody that he knew uh, in college. Actually, he says, by the way, he was my FAG in college. Mm-hmm. Did he say that on yours? I know that some of I yours think so. was cut. And I was thinking, okay. So that doesn't that, mean... that doesn't even now mean the same thing. Right. Like, what does that mean? Like, because we know it means cigarette. We know it. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Oh. Because the way that they were describing it is that he was kind of had a hero mm-hmm. worship for the guy. Yeah, he did. So it was kind of like his puppy dog. Yeah. But I had never heard that word in that context. Yeah, no, and they, they kept it in the book, which would make sense because it wasn't, it's not even like that word even means right. it's a slur it in England a, now. Right, it wasn't a slur, but it was one of those things where I was like, I I only am trying to figure out what you mean by that, by the context right. of it's kind of that he, he like had a hero worship going on. Right. So, um, so yeah, so he had stabbed this guy <laughs> and th- was hoping, I think, that they would just think that he hit his head in, in the truck. And then when they didn't think that, then he was g- getting the socks and putting sand in them. And he did that. And they're like, well, then clearly it's you because he wasn't hit with a sand. Right. He was stabbed. So you're trying to set up this other person. So, um, and then, of course, in, in true Agatha Christie fashion, he takes a cyanide pill or something before like he just like all of a sudden he just like he's like ah you caught me and then he dies really fast because <laughs> he said right some side of a like, spy suicide ring on him or something right yeah and i was thinking you know like if you are a guy who has stolen millions of dollars you've gotten this far you're in iraq to, yeah right but you you could probably still get away Right, you could probably pay off somebody like on the way to the prison or break or out of jail or something. Yeah, like the, the, so I was like, that doesn't make any sense that he would just like yeah, suicide. Like, oh, you caught me suicide. Like it was like what? <laughs> right, yeah, it was very disappointing because it's like, yeah, you caught me, and I'll get out again. Dun dun dun. Like yeah, that would have been, but instead, like you caught me suicide was like, yeah, that was a little bit like, yeah, let's just not have the trouble of the tale. Right yeah so yeah that one was um more interesting um but i how this could have been a pro story it felt like a pro story yeah it felt like a pro story yeah so it wasn't like there was nothing parker piney about it whereas yeah he wasn't like well being one... <laughs> you know a, a thief makes you unhappy or <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it it wasn't even like someone even talked to him about being unhappy because uh, he was Parker Pine. Yeah. Like there was, it was literally like the only reason he was involved in the mystery was because a guy died in the car he was in. Oh, very pro row. Yeah. Very pro row. So yeah, I was, there was a little bit of like, okay, you could have just made this a pro row story. Right. So, and then so the next one is The House at Shiraz. And this one feels like a Mr. Quinn story. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but it totally does. It totally feels like a Mr. Quinn story. So that's interesting. He, um, he's, he, where is he? He's in Shiraz, which, where the hell is Shiraz? See, when you say it like that, it sounds pejorative. Like, Well, I'm not saying that I'm saying I should know this. 
I'm disappointed in myself, but they. Oh, keep- Tehran. Yeah. Tehran. So it used to be Shiraz. Shiraz. That's what Wikipedia says, anyway. Okay. <laughs> so basically, okay, so we went, he. Um, he went. We went from Baghdad to Tehran. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what. That's what. That's what my. Uh, so we're in the Middle East still. Right. Okay. And so okay. he is flown um, on his journey by this German pilot, Herr Schlegel. Um, and he, and, uh, Parker is kind of, um, disappointed in Tehran because it's really modern and I think he wants some like rustic experience or whatever. So he ends up going to, well, he is a British guy. He's probably looking for something to right. conquer. You know? <laughs> right. So he, he's kind of like on a whim and that's what another thing that's like you said, kind of Mr. Quinney about it. He go, he invites these, this pilot to go to dinner with him. And so they like they chat and everything and talks about, you know, that he's been there for three years and they've he's had this little airline in that area for like three years now. And their very his very first passenger was these two young ladies and that um, it was like a woman and her companion, but a, a young woman. And her right. Companion. A, a, right. And it was Lady Esther. So she was a yeah, title. So, yeah. And then her young companion. And then, yeah. um, so he flew them out there. And then not long after, the companion died. And, and he he had a, it was clear, crush on the companion. Right. And in these times, and, like, it was always, like, love at first sight times. So he, he flew them right. once. And then he was, like, <laughs> they've been in love with her for the past three years. But she died just after that. But, and then they, they say all this kind of you know, offensive language, gone native kind of stuff about the woman who lives there, but how she's crazy and she won't see any, any of the British people. And she's, you know, just all appropriation. And right. Like she's gone when, yeah, they say gone native and they mean that she's acting like she's an Iranian, right. I guess. Um, but uh, the, the only person who doesn't say she's crazy for that reason, the pilot says she's crazy because he had a captain when he served in the army who had the same eyes that was like, no, 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 she's crazy. Right. Like, um, and then like, like scary crazy. Um, and I was thinking, oh God, if you had a captain like that in the army, that must've been scary. (laughs) But, um, uh, but then, um, Parker Pine hears other people describe her and she's crazy because she's gone all Eastern and rejected everything from England. And they talk about how she is someone who has dark flashing eyes. Well, yeah. So there was a whole thing with eyes because Parker Pine actually knew the lady's father because he was parents. He he knew, so he knew the parents and which is another very Satterway thing. Right. It is a very Satterway thing. You're right. And so anyways, there's this whole thing about like referring to her eyes and all this stuff. And so he gets this like, aha thing. So he sends a telegram or a, I don't know, carrier pigeon or some sort of how you text people <laughs> back then. And is like, sends her like a thing with his ad, like, are you happy kind of thing. And she accepts the invitation, even though she normally doesn't see British people. And he goes over to and her then, house. And she's like, what makes you think I'm unhappy just because I'm not doing anything British? I didn't fit in in Britain. I love it here. Ha 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 Right. Ha, ha. right. Like <laughs> and then he starts talking about 
um, apparently telling a story um, about daily life in London, describing neighborhoods and streets and daily life, society mm-hmm. events, talking about society yeah. events, and talking about the bus lines, and talking about this, and talking about that. And she gets all teary, and she, and he, she's like, you know, she kind of admits that she does miss it or whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. You just have to confess that you killed your employer, and then you can go home. And, dun, dun, right. Dun. And so turns out that she is the companion, not the lady. And but the lady really was crazy. And when she figured out that the pilot you know, had a thing for the companion. She was super jealous and crazy. She kept being like, I own you. You work for me. You'll never get out of here. And then they got into like a fight. And then the woman, like not a fist fight, but like a, you know, argument. And then the woman in her, whatever, in the moment fell off like the balcony or whatever. But she knew that they, they hadn't been there very long. The servants didn't know one from the other. Right, so they don't know which one's the lady and which the So the she companion. just like basically put a tray next to the dead body, like this must have been the servant person, and she took on her um, on her role. And and like the consulate there had just changed over and hadn't met her. But the right. reason that Parker Pine knew that um, it wasn't hers because this woman had brown eyes, and he knew the parents, and they both had blue eyes, and because recessive genes two blue-eyed parents cannot have a brown-eyed child and so that's why because right. he said so, i knew that you were not because when she when he told the story about london the things that she lit up for were all the like working class stuff working like class. the bus lines and going to the movies and stuff and when he talked about the society stuff it didn't mean anything to her so that kind of confirmed for him but he told her i knew that you were not her before i came and she said how'd you know and he said because <laughs> Your, you know, I'd heard about your brown eyes and or your dark eyes. Well, actually, he said statistics which is, because it, um, which is and doesn't show an understanding of dominant recessive genes. But it was 1934, so maybe he only knew statistically that you can't do <laughs> statistically. No, but he used happen, the word. Um, the... Oh, dang it! What's the? He he used the the science the the scientist that we referenced for that. Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe it was, I don't know when did they figure that stuff out? Because, yeah, no, he, you know. he used, if you knew anything about. Now I'm looking it up. Mendel. He's like, if you knew anything okay. about Mendelian genetics. Yeah. He, he, he said that he used the word Mendel. Okay. So that must've been pretty recent. Um, so for the listening audience, don't panic. Porsche's getting, Porsche's more, getting wine. more wine. <laughs> Course is getting more wine. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> but you can't see. But you're right. I've stuff So basically, what he does then is he convinces her to go to the authorities and admit what happened. And she's like, "But I don't want to go to jail and all the things." And he's like, "You won't. Let me handle it." And also, this German guy's been in love with you all this time. She's like, "Really?" And um, you are getting wine. Is that or you're peeing? <laughs> Sound effects are <laughs> well, it's from a, <laughs> it's from a box. It's you know wine in a box, and some of those when you pour them out, it like because yeah, classy. So. <laughs> hey, it's the French one that has the um, 
that had the French the French wine that has the uh, the the chicken on it. Do you know you, that one? I mean, you're looking at the box. Why don't you say it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I we don't have a reference for this. <laughs> you're like, I don't know, just some French stuff with a chicken on it. <laughs> La V V I E I. Yeah, I know. I also don't know how to pronounce French Perma. Things, but yes. La Vielle. I did not know they came in boxes though. Yeah, because I like their wine and I've never seen it in a box before either. So I but what's nice about a box of wine is you can have one or two glasses and then not touch it again for right. a while and it's still good as opposed to when you do a bottle you have one or two glasses and then you go back three days later yeah and it's all exactly bleh. so so anyway so, so he convinces her. you're right it's very sadder with mr quinn because he he convinces her to like come clean and like go home and like see her family again and he's like i'm gonna talk you know i'm gonna um, make it okay, and we'll explain what happened. And everyone knows that that family, you know, there was insanity in her family. Because they don't understand how insanity works, obviously. They know how blue eyes work, but they don't understand how insanity works. Yeah, they definitely, and there's a running theme in these books that mental health um, issues are genetic. Right. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing that reminded me of Mr. Quinn is actually it reminded me of the house. So remember that house that was up on a cliff um, where the woman had met a guy and pretended to be a Spanish yes. girl and then they had sex. And at This house seemed like the same house. I mean, I know that that house was in uh, Spain and this house is in Iran, but like the way they described the house on a cliff and it was gorgeous. No, and then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I pictured so it differently, I but I can see why you would say before. that. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely felt like a Mr. Quinn story, but yeah. it was cute. It, it was a cute story. I mean, story. and it was an investigation, but it was an investigation of something that had happened three years ago. So it was more like a Mr. Quinn trying to send right, something it really, right. Right, it was trying to send something right. That rather than a Parker Pine, you're unhappy. Like he, and he also stuck, like he said, hey, you're unhappy, let me right, solve the problem. Which is different because most of the other things that people come to him and say, exactly. I'm unhappy, right, you right, fix exactly. me. Um, so you're right, that was, that was a really so, cute one. And then the yeah. next one is the Pearl of Price. And now, where are they? I think they're in Egypt. I think that's right. Or they're in Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. And it's got a group of people who are all traveling through um, Jordan, I guess. Um, who um, some people are tourists. There's an archaeologist. There's park. Most there's just tourists. There's some interesting um, class things where the people who are tourists treat the people who work for them, who are I guess Jordanians, like mm-hmm. crap. So there's a couple of moments like that where you're like, okay, um, so that's right. happening. But that was just Agatha Christie wasn't writing about that 
but it was kind of right. in the background there. And then, so there's, um, you know, it's like a ragtag group of different people from all over, but there's a American girl and her father who, like, he's a businessman, and and then, and then, like, his secretary or someone that works for his company, and they're all, like, hanging out or playing poker or whatever, and the conversation someone like they're just sort of like talking about things you know as, as random groups of people do and someone says something about once a thief all always a thief and then it gets like icily silent and awkward and I'm like oh no what happened just here but no one knows yeah. exactly why that was awkward and then at some point the american guy is just like of course i have the i have all yeah, i have so much money you know my 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 daughter's pearl earring she's wearing right now or worth a bazillion dollars and but if she lost them it's no big deal because there's this whole thing about her she keeps dropping her earrings and he's like yeah she shouldn't lose those because they're worth this much per earring but it's fine because if they you know if she lost them i can buy them again tomorrow no big deal which of course no one says that right no one says that also yeah i remember the number it was eighty thousand dollars okay because it was, was it dollars okay either was way. a lot of money I, I have, I think my most expensive pair of earrings is $10 (laughs) and, and this is 70 years later. So, and I, I am like her. I lose earrings a lot, which is why I'm not allowed. I mean, by myself, I don't allow myself to have (laughs) earrings more than $10 because I will always end up with one, um, of those earrings. Right. And then, yeah. I'm, okay. Maybe I have $25 earrings, but you know, like yeah, eight, um, $80,000, $80,000. Yeah, so, um, so anyways, and anyway, so yeah. when the, when the American and the daughter finally go to bed, everyone's like, Oh my God, that guy, <laughs> because he's just like, oh, I have so much money. And everyone's like, well, that must be nice. I mean, Oh, and by the way, he also, I'm probably not in your version. He calls for one of the guys who were working for them. And he oh, uses the no. N-word. That part where he says the no scenes yeah. because he doesn't know how to call mosquitoes, he oh, uses the boy. N-word. Yeah, that's definitely not in the audiobook. I mean, I don't know if it's just like, she's like, this is what Americans say, you know, like, but oh, I was like, oh, well, um, yeah, um, this is what rich Americans, I, yeah, that was, well, but, yeah, um, well, well, okay, where's yeah. that? Um, yeah. So they all go hiking so, the next day or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but before that conversation about how um, once a thief, always a thief, and it gets awkward, Parker Pine says something like, well, everybody has a tipping point that will make them mm-hmm. into a criminal. You know, and it's suggestible or blackmail or, you know, like everybody has a, right. has a, a button, a button right. that can be pushed. And, um, <laughs> see, you're getting, what's really love too. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, it wasn't really loud, but yeah. So, you know, they, they do kind of talk about types of people. Yeah, so the next day they're hiking along this cliff and then they get to a landing, which is really clear, and you hear a clink. And then the archaeologist says to the um, 
American woman who's the only woman there. Hey, you lost your earring again. And then they start looking for it on the like area and it's yeah. gone. And apparently it's in this area where like And so the I guess there's no pebbles or anything because they found like one pebble, but I'm like where are they? There's like the where the grounds is clean, but they don't see it anywhere. It's gone. Right. Well, I guess maybe they hiked to the top of something or yeah, I don't know. So, um, and then everybody's like super tense because they can't find it. They can't find it. And then everybody insists on being searched, including right. the dad of the girl and the secretary. And so she goes and they can't find it. So she goes to Parker Pine and says, you're Parker Pine. I'm unhappy. Right. You've got to make sure the that... Secretary um, is an, is an the secretary isn't accused. The secretary... And then it turns out the reason why she's worried about that is that they're in love and um, he was a thief and they took pity on him and he got hired in her dad's company and he's been doing great and has reformed himself. And so the whole once a thief, always a thief was that's why it was awkward. And then... um, and so then the and that's the reason why her dad insisted on being searched because um uh he didn't want to be accused of making right. the secretary look bad right. by stealing it or something. So um he's like she's like you got to make sure that it Jim Jim was it Jim? Sure. Jim was the secretary yeah, it is name. Jim. You're right. I see it. Okay. Um but oh uh one other thing cuz there's also Sir Donald is also on the trip and apparently her dad is trying to get her to be interested in that's right an older guy and she's she's interested in jim and so parker pine is like if you're interested in jim what about sir donald and she said something like i loved it what makes you think i'd be interested in a stuffed fish (laughs) like sir donald (laughs) and this is not a phrase that we use anymore um but I, I I can see it, you know. <laughs> it's a good insult because when you're like, yeah. you look like a stuffed fish. You know, I, there are people that I could say, hey, you, you look like a stuffed fish. You are a stuffed fish. <laughs> that resonated with you. <laughs> yeah, I just—it's not an insult we use anymore. But you know, we should bring uh, it okay, back. Okay, okay, I'm on board. Because <laughs> you know, it's. It's not offensive. It's we're not right. insulting fish. And then so later on, Parker Pine goes to the archaeologist and is like, "Hey, show me that plasticine that you were, you know, showing us party tricks with last night. This plasticine that you carry around to, like, I don't know, mold stuff to do archaeology on the fly." And he was like. Uh, this stuff? And he's like, no, the one in your other pocket or whatever. <laughs> he's like, the one that you hid the pearl earring in. And he figures out that, you know, that the archaeologist had done it and because he wants more money for his digs or whatever. And he had... How did he know he did it? Because the archaeologist was the only one who wasn't looking at the view. He was looking at the ground because he was looking for... But it was kind of convoluted. You know, like so what happened was, things. is the girl's earring did fall out. He picks it up. And he plans to give it back to her. But then as they're hiking up, one, he forgot. And then two, he's like, 
well, they're just talking about how much money they have, and it means nothing to them. So if I just keep this, I can sell this and, like, you know, do my excavations or whatever. And so then he does this whole thing where he, like, says, oh, your earring's loose, pretends to attach to her earring again, and then... And pushes yeah. a pencil against her ear so right. she thinks it's And then attached. when they get to the top, yeah. he throws a pebble so that it sounds like her earring just fell, and it makes everybody look. But I'm like... He could have just not done any of that. It had fallen. He'd picked it up. <laughs> Why would you make a show of when it right. was lost versus and the whole like fake putting it back in thing? Like when I reread it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You have it. No one suspects you. Like that extra step right. of like, oh, you're losing your earring. Fake put it back in. Oh, you fake lost it now. Like Why? <laughs> I couldn't figure out why That's that extra point. step made any that. sense. I was like, you already I have the earring. Oh, that's so true. I never thought about it because they did kind of talk about when Parker Pine was talking about people yeah. being suggestible, that she was kind of suggestible. So when he pushed his pencil against her ear, she's like, oh, my earring's back in. But you're right. Once he picked it up and she And you'd think noticed- after he put it back in, the impulse of most people would be to go to their ear and feel it. That would just be your impulse. You would go what? to your ear and be like, oh, I feel it. Like you would use your hand and touch it. After it goes back in, that's just a natural impulse. But if he just hadn't done any of that, right. he just would have had it. And she would have realized that evening or whatever and known she could have lost it any time throughout the day. Whereas it, when it was... Right, and then there were right, all we, the whereas It really yeah. could just be lost in the wilderness. Whereas when they did it at that top there, it was clear like it, someone had to have it. But it really could have just gotten lost somewhere. Like, it didn't make any sense. Because it could have just oh, been later so that night. She'd be like, he oh, man, just... I lost my earring at some point today. And we weren't looking for it. So it's probably just out there. Right. And then, yes, that is so true. I never thought of that. It's so convoluted. He could have just he... kept it. Because he, he said, I put it in my pocket, intending to give it back to her. And as we're walking, I'm thinking, they don't need this. But anyways, the whole then the big twist was Parker Pine was like, well, it's probably worth a fiver. That's it. It's paste because, you know, and the girl doesn't know it, but the dad clearly like he's way too braggy about how much money he has. And that's what you do when you're trying to make everyone still think that you have money and get this rich guy to marry your daughter because you're actually broke. And that's probably why he wanted the stuffed fish to marry her, right. is so because he's actually that broke. was the other big twist. Because it was to remind you, this story was written in 1934, so uh, this is the year after right. the start of the Great Depression. Right. Hello, right? So yeah. So, so anyways, yeah. I was, you know, that, it was a fun twist to be like, and he was bragging because he was faking it, not because he's just you know that much of a douche. Just a right, 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 because it's like. Whenever someone, hint, former presidents talk so much about how wealthy they are, it's probably right. because they're you not know it's actually. like one of those things. Like a lot of adjectives, when people really are it, they don't call themselves it. Like classy. <laughs> so as soon as you call yourself right. a thing, there's, <laughs> cer- there's certain adjectives where you will not. Once you co- say it, I'm like, you just proved you aren't. <laughs> Like, 
Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try to keep them away. Okay, so for the listener, <laughs> um, we've been problem solving. We've been having a, a static issue, and so uh, on the break, Porsche and I um, have investigated. Parker Pine has investigated <laughs> the case of the. We we think it's the boobs. We think it's it's my cord bumping the, into the, the headphone boobs. cord against her boobs that's causing <laughs> the case of the boob static. I apologize. <laughs> For all of the static. That... <laughs> Reason and number four. Luckily for me, I have yeah. wireless headphones today, but even when I don't have wireless, I don't have any boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Reason number 47 that these are uh, a pain in the butt more than anything else. Do you remember <sighs> that? Uh... It was actually the last New Year's Eve that ever happened before the world died. I sent you a picture of me in like this this dress that was like really low cut, and you were like, "You have such classy boobs." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I did. Small. He said. You said something about like you kept calling my boobs classy, and I was like, "Oh, that's 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 just a lot of isms that feed into you know sternum is the classy of boobs." <laughs> Well, no one says that when they're large, no one calls them classy. Well, what? No one says that? Well, that would be... No, what? Well, no, I you're guess... right. When they're large, no one says, oh, well, that's a classy lady. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. So, yeah. but I, I, I didn't, I didn't remember because, boy, uh, so that was New Year's Eve 2019 that yeah. I said that. <laughs> God, that... I came across a, I came across a picture like randomly, um, like you know, a month or two ago. That's why I thought of that because because um... I have no memory of saying that, but also like so many things have happened since then. <laughs> just I was like, if I had known, if I had known that was the last New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh my God, yeah. All right, so we're back, Barkerbine. Yeah, and we're he's investigated any... your boob static, and now we're on to. Death, on, Death the on the Nile, which is also the name of a book, not the same story. Right. Um, so, but this is a very, uh, I don't know if it's a Miss Marple or Perot kind of story, but both. Maybe, maybe Perot, Poirot, Poirot. There you did it. Good job. Um, because, like, there's this horrible woman, horrible, who is exactly my age. <laughs> is she i didn't catch that oh yeah yeah and she suffered um, according to the nurse her entire life from having too much money mm-hmm. that was the line and i just love that if, if she said having four children and a bunch of stuff to do would have had made her a happy healthy woman but because she, she didn't have kids and she, she was money. She was looked older than her age and was sick a lot. And she had a husband who was younger than her. Who just also, doted on her. Who but also was intimidated by her and confused by her. Um at least that's what he acted like. But yeah, because she would just yell at him. Like he'd bring her something and she'd be like, You did it all wrong. This is the wrong thing. Ugh. And then he'd go and try to fix it and bring her the right thing or whatever. And she was a lady and he was a sir. So, like, you know, they had title. 
Um, I think he got the title when he married her because she had money anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, and then she had a niece who was there and then a secretary. Is that his name? What that what he was? Yes. Basil West. Right. And so the niece and the secretary were at the same age. And so she's a, Oh, and then they have the nurse. Right. Um, and then, and then the, you can, Everyone sort of assumes that this woman is sort of a hypochondriac because she just seems to be a sort of woman who's constantly complaining about everything. And um, she is really annoyed because they're on a, on the Nile, clearly. By the way, they're... it's working. No boob static. This is totally working. Oh, nice. Okay. I just I'm have sorry to that you're so uncomfortable. I see you. You look so much <laughs> less comfortable <laughs> on the video. You used to look like chilling and now you look like you're going to get a cramp in your neck. Well, you're holding it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make sure that you the microphone thing. doesn't bust out. <laughs> it looks extremely awkward. <laughs> we, have to, we have to we have to ask uh, <laughs> birthday claws for uh, AirPods for you. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh God, that's yeah. <sighs> so that I'm not doing this. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, okay. Sorry. So she was, um, so this woman is a horrible woman and was, so they're on a boat on the Nile river in Egypt, obviously mm-hmm. that's what the Nile is. Um, and, um, they get on the boat and she's yelling at the head guy on the boat because she's like, there's another, um, passenger. Oh, right. God I damn about it. that. They thought they, she thought they had the boat to themselves somehow on the steamer. But I guess at the last minute, Parker Pine bought a ticket. And so she's like pissed. But then she finds out it's Parker Pine. And um, she's like, ooh, I can ask him. So she stays. Uh, right. There's a, them- they're supposed to go on an excursion one day to go see a temple. And she sends a note to him that's like, don't go to the temple. I need you to stay here and talk to me. And he's like, I'm going to the temple. These are like all through messages. Messages message right. sent like back and forth and then she's like i'll pay you 100 pounds he's like bet i'm not going to the temple <laughs> right right um because he's like a traveling has been more expensive but at yeah, first he's like, he's like uh, i'm 100 on pounds vacation. Is 100 pounds yeah so she he meets with her and he's she's like i think my my husband's poisoning me and he's like okay and then he says do you want me to prove that he is or he isn't and she's like shut up or something yeah like and then her whole thing was that like when he goes away, she gets better. And when he's there, she's sick again. She's having all these like GI things basically. Right. And, and when she, when, when he's there, it's happening. And when he's not there, it's not happening. And so he's like, okay, she's less of a hypochondriac than I thought. But her, his question to her was, yeah, do you want me to prove that he is or that he isn't? And then she was offended by that question. Right. And then the nurse comes to Parker Pine and says. Almost immediately. Like she comes back from the temple or whatever. And says the same thing, like, she's like, that's where the great line of, like, she suffers from having too much money her whole life. Um, but now she really has things that are not, they says she's not okay. Um, and so I'm worried. And then Parker Pine goes, and you're worried the husband is doing it. And she's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Which, of course, means she is. Right. And says the same thing. I mean, kind of where that, and then, and then he says, oh yeah, she's aware of this and she thinks her, she suspects her husband too. And the nurse is actually surprised. Right. And then, um, 
and then the next day she dies right which she was a horrible person so you know not people many people are sad but then um uh then they're trying to figure out because there's the sir george has strychnine there's strychnine strychnine in his coat there's strychnine in his compartment he's got a sign he's got a t-shirt and there's like you know this is like i heart strychnine (laughs) like he's like (laughs) he couldn't have looked like poisonier and then um uh but sir george is like bewildered and more like what you know because he seems more confused than anything else and then um the niece who's pamela um is like oh she must have poisoned herself because she's been really weird lately she kept saying that the secretary who's my age was in love with her and we're actually in love and parker pines yeah i could tell that um and so she's like it couldn't have been sir george pamela was saying so she must have done it herself mm-hmm. so um and then parker pine goes to the beautiful young secretary and says um i know you do it man beautiful. you should confess yeah man beautiful yeah just saying because uh, gendered adjectives can be confusing as, as we right, transition right. out of the binary <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah so she she goes to him and he's like you did this you've been poisoning her but you made sure to do it only when the when the husband wasn't traveling so that it would seem like it was him you've made the woman think that you're in love with her because you were basically playing both sides love. right yeah sleeping with the, both yeah or whatevering with both the niece and the aunt because you knew that the niece wouldn't get her money till the aunt died but the only way to get the aunt on your side, aunt on your side, is to like suck up to her and have her think you're in love with her. And now that we know that she was in her mid 40s, having somebody in your 20s, like it's you, it's not completely unrealistic that a 40 year old woman would think, oh, maybe he really does like me. But right. for Pamela, Pamela's like, Psh, why would Basil be going for her? Right. And then that's why he had asked her that question. Do you want me to prove that he is or he isn't? Because she wasn't in love with her husband. She was in love with Mr. Young Hot Thing. So she kind of wanted the proof that her husband was trying to kill her so that she could feel justified in divorcing him. Right. Because going off. Right. Because even though she was a mean old lady, she, you know, didn't feel ethical to just meet, leave him for no reason. Right. So, um, uh, so yeah, so Basil did it, and so Pamela is going to be like heartbroken, but um, then um, uh, Parker Pine is like, but now Sir George can finally find happiness with uh, the nurse. Yeah, that it did. It kind of went big happy ending, or Mister Quinny, because he's like, okay, the the girl's going to be fine, you know. Right. She'll she'll find love again and now the nurse and sir george are gonna fall fall in love together right right so um yeah and basil 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 how, how do you say I think it the audiobook was saying basil 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 <laughs> just sounds like a piece of work who was a pretty thing who was trying to get all the money and he just seems to be locked up because he's a yeah killer mostly killer mostly yeah and then the end of that one, Parker Pine is like, I am so tired of people asking me to help them not be happy when I'm on my vacation. So now I am going to 
be incognito. Right. He's like, yeah, so the bike's part of my trip. I am going to go incognito so that no one asks me to fix their problems. And then the next part of his trip, he goes to Greece. Although uh, I would say in the, in the, in the Baghdad one, nobody called on him. He just took, he just, he just prorode. He just prorode because there was a dead guy. Yeah. Yeah. So the last one is Oracle at the, at Delphi. Delphi? Delphi. Delphi. I don't know. You don't think like that. I've never been to Greece. We need to ask Julie. We do need to ask Julie. Okay, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say this? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, So there is a rich widow, Mrs. Peters, who I think is American. And this is written entirely from Mrs. Peters' point of view. mm -hmm. This is an interesting one because unlike the rest of the stories that is written. You're right. Either third person or Parker Pine's point of view. This is entirely from Mrs. Peter's point of view. Right, right, right. So she's in Greece and her intellectual son is like, oh my God, look at this ruin. Look at that ruin. Look at this old art. And she's like, she loves her son. And so she's pretending, she's feigning interest in all this stuff, but she hates all of it. She just wants to like, and she's like, you know, she prefers the, angel on her husband's tomb (laughs) to these like broken up old you know greek statues and uh she's like they look so unfinished it's like no they were finished they're just oh that's not how any of this works but yeah but she's just not into it but she is so happy to support her son and he's so into this stuff but she just rather like hang out at a nice hotel and read a book and hang out at the pool and she also doesn't think greece is um refined enough she wants more of the creature comforts right so anyway so one day her son goes off to see a thing or a ruin or whatever and she doesn't go she gets out of it somehow and then she gets a ransom letter and they're right. like it says he was we have you know written in like broken english and it's like we have your son send us all your money right and it was like they'll i i think this is one of those things where i have not this image of greece um because yeah so but i think there was a reputation of greece a stereotype of greece as being what's the word b-r-i-g-a-n-d how do you say that word brigand sure anyway but they were like piratish okay you know and so i think that there was only from stuff i've read and only from stuff i've read from this period of time or earlier uh-huh. that G- Greece was full of a bunch of, you know, criminals who were stealing things. Um, Cause that I think of it as where our aunt Julie lived for several years and it's a gorgeous on the Mediterranean and it's calm and they have ruins. You know what I mean? So I don't think of Greek, you know, like thieves, but it was definitely playing on that stereotype mm-hmm. where she's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have, the Greek people have kidnapped my son. I'm, I'm trapped. Right. What do I do? Cause it also said, don't contact the police. Right. So it said, don't contact the police. And then she's not sure what to do. And then the next time she gets a communication from them, they're like, we know you might not be able to get, you know, whatever amount of money this fast, but we know you have this diamond necklace that, you know, could is enough for the ransom. So give us your diamond necklace. And so then this guy comes up and he's like, I'm Mr. Parker Pine. I heard that you have trouble. Yes. And I, I fixed that happiness. So I know a guy, again, these paste replicas, 
We're going to get him to make a paste replica of your necklace, and then we're going to give them the fake one, and then you get to keep your real one, and you get your son, and he won't be dead. Yeah, so again, yeah, as we mentioned, there's paste replicas all over the dang place. Um, And so she's like, okay, so then um, she gets uh, a bag full of jewels that she they says is her real jewels and then she gives the necklace which is now supposed to be all paste to parker pine and he's like i'll go do the exchange right and then she waits in her hotel room like stressing herself out and you know it's 1934 there's no tv there's no nothing you can't do anything she's just stressing herself out for hours and then this guy shows up who was another guest in the hotel who called was under called Mr. Thompson. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, and she's like, you did it. You took my son. And she's like, he's like, no, no, no. Here's your son right and here. And he's like, she's like, yeah, see you. You took my son. And then, and then the son's like, no mom, it wasn't that. And, and then it turns out that, um, that it wasn't the guy who called himself Parker Pine. Wasn't Parker Pine. Mr. Thompson. He was, was, Mr. was Parker Pine. Right. And um and so the guy who called himself Parker Pine took the necklace, the um bag full of paste repl- of uh, diamonds was actually just fake diamonds that they gave her. And um he took the necklace and there were no Greeks involved in this kidnapping. Right. It was British people in Greece doing it, the guy pretending to be Parker Pine. And um so they did the kidnapping and then used all these Greek stereotypes and then sucked up to her. And, um, right. And then, and, and then, then um, and then she's like, how did you solve it all? And he's like, well, when you're traveling incognito and you hear someone use your name, you got questions. <laughs> right. So, um, anyway, so she didn't lose her necklace she didn't lose her son and um they caught the bad guys so so that was cute yeah that was actually it was cute i would say that like overall and i didn't even put this together until you said it but you're right the first part he's at home in his agency and the second half he goes out on the road so that's what we did tonight and i felt like as you said like the first half was really him doing his agency thing and the half second half was like some pro some tatter waves like it didn't necessarily fit the formula that they established. And I think that I, I really enjoyed the first half because whether or not you agree with, you know, his methods and his thoughts on relationships and all those things, it was fun to read about. It was fun to see how he manipulated things. And it was fun to ask myself the question if I agreed with it or not, but him on the road was kind of random. And, it, right. and it, again, it and, just... and it, like you said, none of these things was an assignment like the agency was. And so I don't know if she just ran out of ideas for the agency and was like, well, let me put them on the road because she got bored in the agency. Right. And she needed to have at least 12 stories in the collection. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't really feel. So I think let's talk about the one that was in some versions, but not in others. The pollen. Polenza Bay because it was him traveling but it was him traveling and then he did the Parker Pine thing he did the right Parker and Pine that thing. one it's yeah. like 
there's a woman who doesn't like her son's right. son's so, girlfriend. Right. So they're in um, uh, Italy, maybe not as far away. So the like not as because obviously the traveling because he went from Venice to Iraq to Iran to Jordan to Egypt. But now I think we're back in like Italy, like we're in Europe. But um, so he's traveling and it's a place. The reason I was imagining the Italian Riviera because of the description. And um, he's um, staying at a hotel and he meets the people there. He sees several people from different nationalities and he sees a British woman and her son who's in his Mm -hmm. 20s. And then he's like, oh, hey, do, 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 do. And then the son leaves. And then there's this funny scene where he's like, oh, my God, I have to go change my name in the register because that woman is super upset and I'm on vacation. <laughs> yes. Because he could tell from her back that she was, like, holding herself, like. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, um, and so he's like, I'm going to change my name. And so he does. So it doesn't say Parker Pine. It says P Pine or something or, you know, and then it goes along and he's having vacation. And then a British woman who knows him runs into. Right. He uses another name. And then she's she's like, well, Parker Pine is I live and breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. She uses his name like seven times just in the conversation. Like, do you know Parker Pine? Parker Pine's just the best. This is, you know, who he is. He's the one that fixes problems. If you're unhappy, just talk to him about whatever like she just goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Until he blows up like, his butt. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And so then the lady is like, oh my God, I have to consult him. And then what she consults him about is that my son is in love and engaged to the worst woman. And then it's kind of a funny thing because he's seen this woman and her sister has a husband and they live mm-hmm. in this town. And there's a colony of artists. And they're very bohemian. And when um, he had first seen this woman, she was wearing lipstick and had a cocktail at lunch and was like, you know, wearing a bikini top. But then when he actually go visit her at the apartment, she stays where her sister and her sister's husband, she's not all done up and she's not wearing a drinking a cocktail in the middle of the day. So it's clear that she's doing it just because she's kind of annoyed. She sort of, yeah, she seems like she's like, this lady thinks I'm I'm whatever, so I'm gonna be whatever. Like she she's sort of feeding into this woman's bad impression of her. She just she it's like she's one of those personalities that like instead of trying to fit in, she's like, You think I'm whatever and tacky, I'm gonna wear this bright lipstick and whatever. And so the son is totally trapped right. between the two because, you know, he loves his mother and he loves his girlfriend, but he's trying to ask his girlfriend to like play nice with mom and she's like, No, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be even more right. I really am right. Bohemian, yeah, it's it's very bohemian artist kind of thing, and so Parker Pine basically did what he did for the disconsented right. husband. He gets Madeline, so he goes. I, I never quite understood this about these kinds of things because he had been staying at this hotel and he goes to another hotel and he comes right. back. I don't understand how that works in these kinds of vacations, but it happens on these Agatha Christie books. But when he comes back. Madeline de Sarah is there. Good old and Madeline. She, yeah, who is again 
breathtakingly distractingly right all of the things i i I really you know i'm very curious (laughs) um and so now she's been hanging out with the young man and also uh so has the fiance girlfriend whatever she was and now um but it, it it you know he's been uh the young man has been ditching right his mom and his girlfriend to hang out with madeline and and so then parker pines like says to the mom oh you must be glad because she's no longer he's no longer interested in the girlfriend and he and she's like no 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 she's i never thought anything bad of her what are you even talking about even though she had gone to him and said my son cannot marry this woman. And now she's like gaslighting. Right. And it's like, I never said that. I always thought she was delightful. This new woman is much, yeah, she's much worse. wonderful. Right. Which she is because that's her job. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and then, um, and then there's a scene where like they, um, the girlfriend takes off the ring and was like, well, I'll give yeah, cause he knows he, 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 um, what do you call it? Stood her up. Right. He stood up. So she's like, I'm going to take off the ring. And then the mom goes back to Parker Pine is like, help, help, we have to, help. Yeah, this we have to ter- get rid of a Madeline person. Back together. And we have to get them back together. And he's like, okay, I, I'll fix it. And then he comes back and said, she'll be leaving on the next train. And then, or plane, train. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was a boat, um, actually. Because he sees her on the boat. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. So then, um, so then, yeah. It turns. So then the the son shows up and says, "Oh my gosh, that worked awesome! Thank you so much." Now my girlfriend and my mom love this. Um, and the then he kind of casually said, "Is um Miss is uh Miss DeSara still about?" I just wanted to say good- <laughs> goodbye. Like no big deal. <laughs> and he's like no she's asleep and he's like well maybe i'll see her in london he's like no she's going on a trip indefinitely forever <laughs> after this and he's like okay oh, okay yeah so like it didn't then, happen like what happened with that one story at the beginning where like the guy totally fell for her but he definitely like had a little bit of like mm-hmm, if i could just see her he, like crush. he definitely had a crush yeah but he was in on it and it Right, and he was in, yeah, so he And when you're reading it, we don't know. We didn't know if he was in on it or not. Right, and so it's funny because the the mom hired Parker Pine, but... He really works for the son. The son, yeah, the son is who really, yeah... Because Parker Pine was like, I'm not breaking up this young couple, and, like, he could tell that the, the, the love interest was also just partially putting on a show because she just couldn't stand like being so heavily disapproved of that she went into it, right, she went right. into like rebel stance so by creating another um, worse <laughs> w- worse option then the mom's like oh no no i love you and yeah so yeah so that was an interesting thing but if, it it was going back to what we talked about in the first half of the book where it worked for the woman to have this romance and then never see the guy again. But it failed for the husband. And here it feels like it didn't fail, but there was. But it, 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 it felt innocent enough. It just felt like a crush. Like, again, like. 
Right. You know, that one felt yeah. much more like, like, okay, well, if this beautiful, like, obviously, like, oozing sex person is feigning interest in me, I can't be a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. And so, but it, it just, so I am very, like, I realize that she's a fictional person that is entirely in Agatha Christie's head, but I definitely was like, what does this woman <laughs> look like that is so distracting? Everyone. To everyone. I guess the, the person who didn't get a crush was the um, city clerk who did the spy novel and right. rescued her. He just, yeah, he, it was, he, he, he was very it. similar to, like, the first woman where he could just, like, cherish the memory. Although they just had literally had, like, one night together. But right, yeah, he, right. didn't, he didn't, like, try to, so, like, stalk her and, like, start a new life with her. He just cherished the memory. Yeah. So, yeah, but so it's an interesting, again, the question about gender and do these, um, this theory about trying to help people's relationships by having a temptation. I, I realized that this one was about a disapproving mom. It's still, about, it's interesting. You know, I actually was thinking about that in relation to our one from, from the last time, because I have this thing like, you know, with, with like with the husband, um, who, who falls for her, um, uh-huh. Like I have this thing with like strippers, like I have many things with strippers. Like, well, that sounds that sounds really bad. <laughs> okay. Like I'm a sex addict. It's the opposite. <laughs> like I, I even if the person was someone I'd be normally very attracted to, I if I know you're being paid to act attracted to me, I got nothing. You know what I mean? Like because oh, is- people's genuine attractiveness to me is what I'm attracted to because I am needy or something so if i know you're being paid to feign attraction to me i got nothing like it doesn't do anything for me you know what i mean like that i have a very similar thing about strippers and i know that we're you and i are looking at different strippers when we do um in a very a pre-children pre-covid pre (laughs) my god i mean i was i've always been skeezed out by the um uh uh, microbes of as it were of strippers also but um <laughs> but oh my god imagine but now, oh, oh my god oh my <laughs> god but anyway but yeah no i never because people thought that i would disapprove of stripping because mm-hmm. i'm a feminist and i was like no i don't like yeah the i'm pretending to be attracted to you and I always, I finally described it as, and maybe, I don't know if this will resonate with you, breaking the fourth wall. Because I really enjoy being an audience and, and watching like, I a can show. go to a thing and watch like a person do poll work and perform and do whatever. And I can actually like, I can have that stripper moment like, well, the person's performer. When they break the fourth wall and want to like, look at me in the eye and me. whatever. One, I just get all like shambles like this is this is weird like you said the fourth wall thing but then also i know you're doing it for the you know what i mean like even if it was the person i was attracted to like right yeah you're doing it because you want tips yeah and so i yeah when i have gone and seen um people perform i much prefer stay on the stage stage. (laughs) for so Uh, many reasons stay on the stage (laughs) i will will make a paper airplane out of this dollar (laughs) And shoot it across to you, but do right, not like, come over to me. <laughs> do not come over to me. Right. It's interesting because, you know, I'm more of a performer than you are. I'm more of an extrovert than you are, but we both have the same thing. 
about like if I if you're gonna be like performing for me, I'd like you to do it because you're actually attracted to me, not because you're hoping. Oh yeah, or you're performing on stage, and I I know you're doing that for money. That's fine. But if you're gonna, but if you're gonna like right. come into my personal space and like approach me, if I know it's for money, then I'm I I just doesn't do anything for me. Right, and then I'm part right. of the show. Yeah, it's the whole thing. It's like yeah. So it was like if if like um to put it for the male strippers, like when they think about Chippendales, right? Yeah, that Chippendales thing, they would stay on the stage. <laughs> right. Or what was that show? Um, the Full Monty, <laughs> right? Back that movie back from the you know, like they stayed mm-hmm. on the stage, right? The whole point was they're on the stage, but what I've when I've gone to shows, sometimes they'll come off and then they'll start doing like lap dances with individual people, and I'm just like, can just you skip absolutely me? not, do not, you know? Yeah, like, and it's for a lot of reasons, just, but one of those not. things is that um. It was actually uh, my girlfriend who introduced me to the concept of being demisexual, which, do you know that concept? So it's kind of, no. it, it, um, it's like a spectrum between like asexual and I don't know what the end, other end of this is called, but basically demisexual is where like emotional connection is how you're attracted. And it's like, and, right. Which I and think I happens say, for And that's why I brought it people. up in the context of our gender conversation, because I think a lot more AFAB or women identified people maybe I don't know I don't know where that would fall for um, people along the gender spectrum but a lot of women are somewhat demisexual whereas like there has to be the emotional connection for the physical to be there or to some degree right right. and like obviously I'm attracted to people just like physically but if I know that they're being paid (laughs) to pretend to be attracted to me and see that that's also that's also not right, just demisexual, so- that's also just vanity if i know you're being paid but the funny thing is like so many men and a lot of women like you know what i mean but like so many men that, that they don't care they'll spend all their money at the strip club and they know good and well that the stripper is only doing it for the money and then they get confused and think that the stripper's in love with them even though they should it's like it, there's no there's no mystery in it brian like you're at a strip club he's never gonna listen to, he's never gonna listen to this but I have had this well, conversation you say? with him multiple times, Brian, <laughs> where he's like, I think she's in love with me. And I'm like, she's a stripper. Tipper, That's make her you job. Think that she's in love she's with you. Not, so that you'll pay for the champagne room again. She's not actually in love with you. He's like, no, no, no. I feel like it's different. Like, oh my God. Are I'm you like, serious? That's her job. Right. Yeah. That, or I, yeah, this has happened. But he also was somebody who would fall in love very easily and just be like, I'm going to love her forever. And me as his friend would go like, that's what you said the last seven times, but you know, okay. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. But I yeah, just, no, I, I just find that interesting so, the context of this. Cause like with that, with that husband who like, you know, this, this beautiful Marilyn Monroe type, I keep picturing, you know, like, Oh, uh, see, but I even still, dark hair, but you know, but like, <laughs> but I'm saying in the sexuality of it all, right? Right, right, yeah. But he, he knew, knew she, she was, was being, being paid to paid. pretend, and then he was like, "It's real, I know it's real," and it's like, "It's not real, honey." Like, no, it's not. Right. And then the the woman, the very first story, who didn't know that 
or like he she knew he was being paid at first but he pretended he like, no, no, to no. be like you make me want to be a better man but then she actually that did happen for him she he did want to be a right. better man and felt but, weird about the whole thing so she wasn't wrong but that she, it was like he was supposed to right. be being paid to pretend it got real for him but it did get real for him a little bit layers right he felt guilt <laughs> yeah he felt guilty but yeah but she thought it was real and then was like didn't right. need any more whereas the the husband who thought who knew there was payment was like no no, yeah. no it's real like that is really what does that say about what we think about how men and women yeah. fall in love That's fascinating and I and I liked and I what I liked about you know the the arc of those different stories and I'm glad you brought in that last one, sort of as another you know data point is that you know she doesn't just make it all men are like this or all women are like this you know the, she sort of does sort of right. uh, show that there's nuance and like different personalities and that that city clerk guy you know like he just had this moment that he could look back on and he's not gonna like leave his wife and like his sensible life he just like has this you know magical night that he can read spy novels and remember right right and that's why i guess what's disappointing with the second half of the book except for this one that i just added um is that they don't have that i mean they're just just random situations that he stumbles into right and so um if his job is to help people in a non-therapist man, uh, manipulative, totally unethical, unethical manipulation, but help people figure out right. what they want for it. Like this last one that the girlfriend was just didn't want to meet the mom where she was and the mom didn't want the right. meet the Right, having the third party antagonist brought those two women together because... And so that could have been therapy where he could have sat down and said, okay, you guys are actually fine. Everything's going to be fine. He could have done that, but he did the Parker Pine thing, which is he did something where he tricked them into having a common enemy. And so, um, but so that story is kind of like the first half of the book where there, he was tricking people into figuring out what they actually want or that they're actually important or, whatever all the different things that he did or that they actually didn't um would be less happy would be happier if they didn't have all the money um so like that's that last story was more like that whereas the rest of these were just him solving problems in a not interesting way or in a mr quinn or um way it wasn't the same thing yeah it wasn't the same thing and it was and i you, I like the way you divided that out because when I started reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this one too. And then by the end, I was like, you know, I was getting through the stories, but they were fine. And it was interesting because he's traveling, so you're hearing right. about these new sites and everything, but it didn't have the same. And again, like, you know, it reminded me of like watching Scandal or at the beginning, of, I don't know if, did you ever watch Scandal? So at the no, very beginning of Scandal, it's basically they were a, oh, I forget the name of the, the term, but basically like a you know, there's a scandal that could break out with a political family or a wealthy family or whatever, and then she comes in and, like, handles it. 
like here's how we're going to deal with right. this thing that could like ruin everyone's reputation and i really got into that because you know if it's similar to this like how does this person deal with these nuances and then it got all like wild you know she's dating the president and like people are getting kidnapped and there's like it's like it's like you know what i mean like it's, it's shonda rhyme so like again what she does well is build a formula and then disrupt it but i like the formula because it's like what was cool was like oh <laughs> right you know your son just got caught doing this and let's get, it's going to ruin your you know the husband's run for congress how do we handle it and then like she walks right, in right. and in her fabulous white coat and fixes things you know and so and, and that's why I, like, I really got into the right. show because I like to see how she solved those problems in like new ways, you know, or, or new situations of that. So like similar to this, you know, and then when the, and then the book didn't keep following right. that formula. Right. So it just made me wonder if she <laughs> ran out of things that people might've been unhappy for right. that she could think like of. Like novel things. Which right. Cause, and you know, like, and so what would we add if we could add, like you're unhappy, let me. Wait, so wait. She, he said that there was five it. things that made people unhappy. What were those five things? So there's like uh, uh, husbands that have lost interest in you, wives that have lost interest in you. I have too much money and not enough purpose. Uh, That's three. Um, oh, the I my wish life, life was too more exciting, exciting, but my routine has gotten boring. That guy, the city clerk, who felt like us in quarantine. And then, right, right. My life is a rut. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish something, yeah. I wish, because the, the major, the dude, um, the major who ended up dro- falling in love with the young woman, they were both bored. Yeah. And then the distressed um, lady was just a fake out. She was just a thief. So she doesn't count. So, right, right. Oh, and the so, discontented soldier was the so one who, bo- so I think he'd be the fifth kind where I used to have an exciting life and now I don't anymore. Like, settling back into right. normal British life. You know what I mean? So there's the city clerk who never had it and just needed a brief breath of it. And then right. the discontented soldier was like, I'm living in the wrong place and situation for me. Right. Right. I need to go <laughs> colonize and conquer more people oh, that don't yeah. look like me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true though. I'm sorry. No, I don't, don't apologize. You're right. That's just, yeah. But, so um, I guess those are the yeah and, the five but, kinds of yeah, discontentment, and then those are the five. if that's if that's if that's the hypothesis that there's five kinds, and then you only got five stories in the fake out, and then you need to flesh out the rest of the book, right. so you <laughs> end up. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like the the one that we just talked about with the mom who was disapproving of the relationship doesn't really fit. Like, I mean, I think know, that could be but... a six. That could sort of like. A discontent because you know family and family and love are not getting along that's a thing that's a real reason to be discontented right yeah and i get but then all the rest of them are i'm discontented because somebody died or something got stolen or yeah yeah so i think that's her um, hypothesis yeah, yeah. That like or somebody got kidnapped. my husband's lost interest in me my wife has lost interest in me i have too much money no purpose I have too much routine and and no spark. I ha- I used I used to be yeah, interesting. Exactly. And, now and he was retired. Yeah. He was retired and isolated. Like he didn't have any friends. 
Right, right. So, but, you know, like when we think about like, what if somebody came to him and said, my son is addicted to, right? Like, um, like what are people right. addicted or, to or, in 1934? Or what if it, like, my son is addicted um, to whatever, or my son is unhappy or my son, you know I mean? Like parents worried for their adult children. That's a real one. Or right? my son is gay in 1934. Right. What would he do then? Because Madeline de Sarah is not going to fix that problem. I don't care how Claude. beautiful she is. <laughs> it was Claude. It was definitely Claude. Claude. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Or I'm gay um, and my family doesn't know how to deal with it. Or, you know, like. Right. Okay. So what are our hypotheses or, uh, on yeah. like, modern times? Reasons for discontentment. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, addiction. <laughs> okay, addiction. But, yeah, doom scrolling. Doom scrolling. But, also, like, but also the underlying cause of addiction, which right. is often depression. Or anxiety. So, like, if somebody came to him and said, I'm not, I'm not happy, I'm depressed and anxious, what the hell would right. he do? Because, like, that is a real thing. And... I'm sorry, it's 1934. There's a depression going on. There's fascists literally marching across Europe. There might be people who were mm-hmm. depressed and anxious. Um, and so if somebody just came and said, I'm just depressed all the time, how does he do his little, I'm going to trick you into not being depressed? And the way that he tricked people or, into you know, what if it's a person first. who's having difficulty having kids? You know, that's a real reason that people are right. unhappy because they want to be parents and aren't able to be parents. Oh, Parker Pine would definitely like, <laughs> do an illegal adoption them. and have them magically. Was it child there trafficking? Would baby, there, would be a, <laughs> there would be a baby that would magically appear. Well, yeah, that it would, it would actually be probably taken be great. care he would, of. He would find some unwed teenager. And he would, yeah, he would. But it would end up being like super shady and child trafficking. Right. And he would, but he would like, and he would make the trick them into make them think that the baby just appeared in front of them and needed to be loved. And they're like, even though you can't have it physically, here it is. Right. And they'd be like, oh, it's right. a miracle. No, it was Parker Pine. But um, yeah, that one he could take care of. Um, but yeah, but what about, yeah, right. anxiety? Or what about like people because, who feel like they're you know, working in a corporate machine because you have to, because we have to pay bills, but you're, you know, just a cog in a corporate wheel. You feel, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, where does that fit on right, her which scale? Is, you know, like the city, right. The city clerk might have felt like that. But he but wasn't esoteric about his work, like is what I'm saying. Really like, hard. what if you, you know, what if you're a person who's like, I work at, you know, a whatever, oh, right. an HR in whatever corporation, what does it all mean? Or what if you were, it's 1934, a woman who really wanted to get into a career mm-hmm. that was closed off for women? Also, and that's what made you unhappy. Systemic racism could right? be a big reason for <laughs> discontentment. What if you were a black person or any other person besides right? a white person in 1934 or a Jewish person in 1934? Discontentment could be that oh would be a real God, reason to be. be. 
Oh my God! Just anti-Semitism. Fix that, Parker Pine. Anti-Semitism. Fix it. Seriously, Parker Pine. Fix that. Because these are all white privileged. That is a uh, waspy discontentments they were having. Right. Well. Well, of course they're Anglo-Saxon. I mean, that's what England is—is is the Anglo-Saxon. But yeah, wasp. Um, but yeah, like. Yeah, you're right. If so, a Jewish person came and said, I'm unhappy because people are dying <laughs> across Europe, Parker Biden would have been like, uh, uh, I'm going to stop the Nazis? Like, because of atrocities. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, there's, you might, you might be unhappy. I think he would just try to distract them. You know what I mean? Like, because what he did for the discontent was distract him. Don't be sad. <laughs> play, with, play with something shiny. Try to forget play with an attractive person. Don't be worried about systemic racism and or anti-Semitism. Oh, God. And or the Holocaust. Yeah. Let's start. It's wild. Yeah. I, I'm like, so we're laughing, but we it's decide- actually so dark because it's like to think about the real reasons of discontentment because you keep saying the year and I'm like oh my god the year you know what I mean like like as you said like the fashions are are rising right now those are the real reasons of of discontentment right existential dread because right. of like, like what's happening in the world uh, right the spanish um massacre at guernica that um uh that um, picasso painted happened Jeez. like this year so, you know, so like, yeah, people might be unhappy because they Jeez. witnessed a massacre, you know, what, what you going to do now? Okay. We've Parker taken a dark Pine. turn. We were, we're asking too much of Parker Pine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting is to think about is that she didn't know because she's in London and she had traveled into the Middle East, but she didn't know because a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't know. Right. And so she knew that there was a, um, uh, she talked a little bit about the economic downturn in these. And in other books, definitely anti-Semitism was there, but she didn't know. And um, I think that well, that's. And that's, as we kind of interesting about it, you to know, think about. From now on in before is that's the privilege. Right. Oh, totally. But I was thinking about like when she was thinking, oh, hey, are you unhappy? This guy can fix it. She's imagining a world where the worst thing that can happen right. is your husband gets bored with you. Um, and it turns out the right. world and is again, a lot I guess more awful than that. It's, that's not fun to read about. Or, or that's, a, that's a deep nonfiction read is how do we fix all the world problems versus like right. personal discontentment that's based on relationships and right daily life right 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 yeah so yeah should we end it there like turns out we like parker pine but he could definitely could only solve a very but i do think that like kind of like satterwaith like I, i i could take more parker pine like i would i would be interested in more stories i would have liked her and i i know that like you said that that one i read it in a separate um, collection of short short stories, the uh, Lince Bay one. Um, so I don't know if if she throws in some more Parker Pine mm-hmm. later on. 
here and there. But I, I did like the idea, you know, and I even even the ones that made me uncomfortable, like that woman who had her mm-hmm. identity stolen and <laughs> was forced to live on a farm for a year. Right. <laughs> like that was wild. But I liked the I like the question. Right, because of course, it, it again contrasting him from a therapist, a therapist would have spent a lot of time going. But does the money make you happy? Why would you have it? What does make you happy? And that would have spent a lot of time. Which he just was like, "Let me go throw you in the situation and right. help you realize that that's what makes you happy." Um, and so, yeah, so it's an interesting thing to think about. Oh, by the way, cause we were talking mm-hmm. about how basically he's fantasy Island. I started looking up and we can watch fantasy. Is it, Island is it available? On some streaming service. It is available. And uh, I'll have to, but it really, cause after watching that, I was like, Oh my God, this makes me want to watch fantasy Island because it was oh on gosh, for like yeah. eight seasons. And she ran out of stories after five. Well, and obviously she's much more of a mystery writer because even with this, she she went back to mysteries partway through. You know what I mean? Like, that's how her brain worked was like, you know, she went into mysteries. It was a fun experiment for her like to see her breadth as a writer to see that she's also got Mr. Quinn in her and she's also got Parker Pine on her, that she had these other ideas that she dabbled in was pretty cool. And if she ended up being like, oh, I prefer mystery Yeah, and she definitely, because she's a, a, definitely a um, student of human nature. What mm-hmm. makes human beings do what they do? And so this was another way of like, okay, what if we could change human beings? And I like the idea of like different boiling things. down what are the things that make a person discontented, you know, apart from our bringing in big societal things but just like person who's living regular daily life what are the things that make you discontented and what are the answers to those things right right and yeah so i like that idea too because if if i had written him um when i've been unhappy recently it was more because and of course i have a therapist to say that uh turns out that being a mom who stays home all the time with just my kids between maternity leave and quarantine yeah. is very very lonely you know and so what would parker pine have done he would have been like i you have to go and do these things here and you have to do this and you have to do this and i would have said but i can't because my kids and he would have said but you have to mm-hmm. and then i went and got out and seen people and been like i feel much right. better he would have oh, just forced it on you, you know, right like, forced it on me to like even though there's a pandemic and even though i would have to figure out what to do with my kids i would have to go outside and see people so and that's a a privilege problem of feeling isolated you know so i and Mm -hmm. so that's more in his line of problems yeah i i thought i thought it was very um, interesting to think about i i I like i like you know a lot of the um I think that's why I'm interested in the the Mr. Quinn stories and the Parker Pine stories because I think it makes you at least ask you makes you ask yourself questions ask questions. Right, right. And what would I do? And what would I feel if I were in the situation? And what if I had been the one that he had manipulated? Right. Would I be okay with it? Even if, if it made me happy, or would I be right? Or would I be Madeline? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I want to know, is oh, Madeline content? Like, is that a fun job to have? <laughs> what about Claude? Like, how, like obviously oh Claude God. is a performed lounge lizard who now gets paid to, like, do this. But he's having qualms. And, like, how does it, like, I mean, obviously it seems stressful to be yeah. Madeline anywhere. So she might as well be getting paid for it. But she doesn't get paid that well because it sounds like, you know, oh, her, God, when the, know, he would right? always be like, and then she went back to her regular walk up where she lives with her mom. <laughs> so he doesn't pay her that much. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it does sound stressful to be mad. But it also sounds fun. Oh, like, man. I honestly like when I think yeah, about I like have... being the people at Fantasy Island or the people in this, the people who are playing the part in this. I don't know. I'm, I'm drawn to that. Like, I. I... <laughs> Yeah, I'm totally like, okay. Oh, really? You want to be Madeline? Oh, my God. super manipulative of me. Oh, no, I can't. I I, I wouldn't be able to pull it off because I would be like, do you know I'm acting? I totally would. I'm okay, again, if there's a fourth Mm -hmm. wall, if I'm up on a stage. But if I'm face-to-face with someone, I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) I just pretend. Like, yeah, I can't. Um, yeah, because in the yeah, I I had that problem again about breaking the fourth wall. I love how these. So the oh, Plymouth Plantation. Oh God! Is the name, the name alone, the name alone. I hope they've changed the name. Massachusetts. <laughs> it's it's um like um the where the Mayflower landed, Plymouth uh, Rock town um where in massachusetts where they have like pretending to be the people who just got off the mayflower and it's has people wearing period dress i remember things you went there with so we went um, there on a a family vacation and cutting uh, down people pretending to be old-timey to pretending that it's 1619 and both on they have a mayflower too where they have they're on there but also they're in like the huts and they're making the bread and they're building the houses and you can walk around and look at them and it's such a weird thing because there's all these tourists who are dressed in shorts and then these people wearing 1600s they have changed the name i just looked it up because people um, are trained plantation has uh, connotations so it's now called plymouth patuxet but it's the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I think it's oh, really? not open okay. of COVID. But uh, but it, but yeah, but it, they have changed it Living from museum, plantation yeah. because we all don't want to go places named plantation. Called plantations, yeah. So, um, but when we went there, Ugh, my, our mother me. acted like she really had gone to 1619. And was going yes. up to people and we were time travelers. Them. She like, was a time traveler interviewing these people. How do you do? And they were earnestly answering her. And she's like, "Oh, how do you do medical care? Oh, you use leeches. Well, how long do you use the leeches for?" I mean, she was <laughs> fucking interviewing them, and I was like, "Mom, these are actors who have been memorizing, had to memorize this information. It's." freaking 90 degrees and 100 percent humidity and they have to wear wool i think you and i had the same reaction of being like please Um, don't make these people work harder than they're already working (laughs) please don't make these people like (laughs) and then she was like fascinating so tell me more about this and 
And I remember there was a conversation about leeches and I was like, mom, they don't actually use leeches. They're actors. What are you at this point? You're and like a junior or I senior like, in college and, and in high school, right? No, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, but still like you're that age where you're just like yeah. 19 or 20 and horrified. And I was, I was 14 or 15 and also, differently horrified. It goes Because I was like, oh my God, I'm with my family. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to call my friends because I can't text because I haven't invented that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 um, the weird, like, because I, my mom was like, hey, ask them a question. And I be I walk up to people and I'd be like, well, and you know I that know I know that you're acting, and you know that you're acting. <laughs> so, right? How'd you get this? What day? time do you get off? You know, like <laughs> I wanted to ask questions, and I remember once, like, kind of not trailing, but kind of watching someone who was heading towards the break area, and they were literally like trying to lift up the skirts because it was ninety degrees and one hundred percent humidity, and they were wearing wool skirts, and I was like. Oh my right. God, I hope they can take that off and have some water. You know, like I was thinking about that. And mom was like, so how long do you put the leeches on when they have a thing? And I'm like, <laughs> they're not really the people. So, of course, I have been oh, to a strip show. You make bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a friend of mine did the bachelor party thing and we went and so we had these young men who were dancing around in speedos was it at a club and so or at i'm having house? a there's a young man okay it was at a club oh geez but we were the only ones there there was like yeah we were there the first people there anyway did she and, do the thing um, with them too like asking like so tell is, me about your speedo <laughs> <laughs> she said was so here i am like next to my mother like why am i sitting next to her but um anyway so i'm next to my mother and mm-hmm. so just a, it was rashonda and her mom me and she my mom and really rashonda and my boss <laughs> who did this <laughs> this is a scene in I a know. movie that i i say is unrealistic oh I'm i think we had one paper of- tell it the TV saying that's not realistic. Who would do this, Portia and Rashonda? <laughs> I know, right? So I'm sitting next to mom, and this guy's dancing in front of her with a speedo, and just like he's doing the like lap dance thing, and she looks up at his face and goes, "You're a really good dancer." That sounds correct. <laughs> and he says, "You're not." really supposed to be paying attention to my dancing he's like may i present um my genitals you know, I think he... <laughs> may i direct your attention to my genitals <laughs> and then she'd be like those are very nice genitals Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I know that my reaction. 
wait, why are we talking about moment of strip club? How did this happen? How did we get here from Parker Pine? Fourth wall. We're talking about yes. if you know somebody's yes. pretending to like you. If you know someone is pretending to be from oh, right. 16, which 19, is why I want to be Madeline and or Claude. Sorry. Because the person doesn't know, or sometimes they do know, but someone in the situation doesn't know that I'm pretending. I I like that role. I'm gonna right. do it. When Parker Pine is hiring, oh, I'm see, gonna I be like, like, I'm the vamp yeah, for you. I would just <laughs> see, because I would be so bad at it because I'd be like, you know, I'm pretending, right? You know, I'm pretending. I'm pretending. I'm pretending. I I'm just so bad at it. <laughs> Oh God, my stomach hurts from laughing so much. Um, yeah, I'd be so bad at it. For me, um, I think it would fulfill that secret I agent pull it off face thing. To face. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm doing a thing. It's my it's Scorpio rising. I, oh, I yeah. to, Like I, I like the idea of the the mystery of it. You know? Yeah, I guess for me, as I said, I can act a role, but only if I'm on a stage yeah. and I'm removed. I'm not saying I'd be good at it, but I like the them. idea. Of if it. I'm up know. close if to Parker someone, Pine would hire me, but I would totally apply. Yeah, but this goes along with because <laughs> I'm just a terrible liar. Because I'm always like, you can tell I'm lying, right? Yeah, I think you're, you know I'm lying. Everyone knows I'm lying. No, I, so I, I, I blush way too yeah. easily and start giggling most so, times yeah, when I, I need to lie. So it probably, I probably would fail. But I like the idea of it. I like, well, because it's like the Mission Impossible of it. It's basically like Mission Impossible. It. Yeah. it was like messing with people's lives. And I like the idea of it. I like the idea of being on that team. That's like, true. Mission, whatever, get this old lady her groove back. <laughs> Get this middle-aged lady her roof back. Like that's the mission, right? That's right. an awesome mission. You know what? So Stella got a roof back. What if? Because we know it's true. Well, yeah. He didn't actually love her. <laughs> we know the end of that story beyond the movie. <laughs> We know the end of the story beyond the movie, but the point is, what if that right. just reminded her that she got she had a groove, and it didn't matter right. that the young man was faking it. Um, and that's the part that if if Stella got a groove back, it turns out that it was you know he didn't actually. The end of that story was a, it was a love story. But what if the end of that story was she's like, oh, I'm right. awesome, and I don't that would be that would be a better ending. Man. And because yeah, because that would yeah, because then she wouldn't have her heart broken right. because the young man turns out he was faking it. Um, and when you are, I mean, you're Angela Bassett, and you look absolutely amazing for forty. Yeah, it was but, something like that. Because yeah. wasn't she divorced or something? Um, and so what we were talking about last time of kind of like dating until you kind of go, hey, wait, I have worth. But for Stella got her groove back, that particular story, she put all right. of her. But if it was sort of like, yeah, if she'd left that man, if she'd left that romance and, on the island and gone back, versus right, <laughs> and obviously the author be like, probably hey, should have done that. I'm awesome. <laughs> In retrospect just been like yeah yeah that was a great yeah. romance 
on vacation, it got my groove back, and now I can go home and like be yeah, have my my self esteem improved. You know, this is this is actually a trope because there's a movie from the eighties, I think, that was called. Oh God, what was it? But the premise was it was a British housewife whose kids and husband, who the kids were grown, were all just kind of like taking her for granted. Yeah. And so she just left was and went to Greece. Was that woman on the, er- the verge of a nervous breakdown? Do you remember this? No, but that was around that same time, but it wasn't that one. That's not the it's name. The woman who, that, is the um, woman who's talking to the wall? What was the name of it? I think it's the woman who's talking no. to the wall when she goes to Greece. No, she's literally talking to. Oh, she threw the stuff wall. at the wall. She's like, yeah, "Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah." Shirley yeah. yeah. Valentine. She was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Was that 22 it? Twenty-two-year-old liver. Poolian. I did not know that was a term. Bored housewife takes a holiday to Greece. Thanks, Internet. Nineteen eighty-nine. Shirley Valentine. Yeah, I was right. like, "Woman grows so, to Greece." Um, movie <laughs> of the internet. And at Greece. <laughs> And in Greece, there is a a guy there who um, she romances. No, but like, yeah, to so the but I don't she think she stays with it. And yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. It is a trope, but I don't. I think it's a trope because women losing themselves into their marriages and their kids is real. Right, and so the question is. Do you need a romance from an outside young man in order to remind yourself or that you, you have Or do you just worth? find a young man and marry him, Portia? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't marry the first young man I no, dated you after. You, you found the young man. Yeah, I love I, how you're I, like, yeah, these, but, yeah. these women in their 40s <laughs> that date a young man, they should just not keep one. I'm like, but you did. <laughs> right. But the person who helped me realize that I had yes. value, Sailor. Right. Right. We all have the experience of someone who's just good for like, our self-esteem, oh. but not a good partner in life. Right. And so, um, yeah, so, but, but I, could, could I have, could Shirley Valentine have, could the wife from the very first story have, could Terry McMillan, Angela Bassett have found our value without a young man to tell us we had it? Exactly. That's why I didn't say anything because I'm just like, I mean, a, I, I don't a powerful know. Question. Because, and like you were saying, like I think you know the 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 idea is that you should get that that power without someone you know telling you. But then I don't know how many of us have that capacity you. not to have at least someone right to, right. to do the work all by yourself. Well, and I think right, a lot right. of that comes so, from yeah. the piece he, of our power that is being sexually attractive. 
we need someone to be attracted to us to have that and so like right. if we see our value in our someone being attracted to us then we're we're going to get it from elsewhere and if we get our value without being sexually yeah. attractive then we are have transcend and i think you just get beamed up immediately <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting question. We're well, we should way off. Leave it Poor Parker. We have gone Parker Pine, and we. Went, I think I was a. We went to strip clubs. If we, if we, we have listeners, which according to our last episode, we are getting some listeners. So, if we have listeners, I think that Parker Pine inspired fan fiction would be awesome. I would love it. Said it today. I would love to see a Parker Pine. You know, people go in like we were imagining. You go in with, you know, today's discontentment. And what, instead of therapy, what would you do if you were Parker Pine in like today's day and age? Would that be cool? Like, I think that would be cool, like fan fiction to read. Right. Yeah. And especially, I mean, it's kind of fantasy because what if I could right. What if instead of therapy, I could just work? Be thrown into a situation, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Because and it's fun to, to think about that. Like instead of, of like, you know, oh my god, I'm doing eight years thing of therapy again. that I've been in or whatever. What if? What? Okay, if I ask myself, what is the thing that a Parker Pine could have done that would have like made me realize those lessons I've learned, or one of those lessons? You know, like that would be fascinating, right? right. Don't you think that? So that's so. For the right. listener, think about that. that. Would be think about yeah. a fan fiction, a Parker Pine fan fiction. Who can write fan fi- yeah, or is that what? Yeah, Fantasy but that Island was in the eighties, so that we need we need an update. Yeah, probably not. All right. Well, this has been yeah, delightful. Yeah, totally. Yes, and <laughs> with a lot less boob static. So you know, because I am now holding the microphone it, it, you, out the whole time. Looking in the Instead in the video, your cat looks extremely neck, comfortable, and you look extremely uncomfortable. So. Which is how it should be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next. We'll hear you. You'll hear us next time. That's how podcasts work. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. All right. Bye bye, everyone. If you'd like to submit a story to the Parker Pine Fan Fiction Contest, Send it to paropodcast at gmail.com. That's paropodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>